I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And, and this, this is, is the, the Aftermath, Aftermath of Sex. So exciting. I'm so excited to be doing this. If you guys want to know more about who we are and why we're doing this, go check out our episode zero, all about us. Um, man, I'm super excited. Yeah. Let's Yay! do it. Today we are talking about crazy life milestones. So generally life starts with birth, but today we're not talking about birth in general. We are going to talk about um, all sorts of things, but starting with puberty. All right. Puberty. It happens to the best of us. Half of us in the world are going to go through. Wait, see back up. <laughs> all of us are going through puberty. So we're talking about the half that matters. That's the woman's half. We have to take that out. No. no oh, no, we have. Stop doing it. No, we have to. That's great. No. <laughs> Only half of us. We're, we're real educational here on this podcast. Only half of us go through puberty. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start with the half I'm familiar with. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you can remember back to that, you know, first visual signs of puberty and all the... Um, interesting things that happened and the questions you had in your mind. Um, I remember talking to my friends, you know, as my little breasts were budding and it was such an interesting topic, right? I don't really remember my breasts budding. Really? I don't. I had a whole conversation with my friend. We were like dancing around to like music or something. And then we started talking about our budding breasts. Anyway. Yeah. I just, Remember one time my dad accidentally walked in on me. Oh dear. And he was like, Rose, she's got nipples. No. <laughs> That's so And great. then I was like, oh, maybe I have things that I didn't before have. But I don't really remember like as they were developing yeah. starting a training. My mom probably remembers, but yeah. I don't really. But that was your moment though. That was, you were, that was your moment. So <laughs> everyone has a moment. Definitely right? a moment. <laughs> Okay, well, great. Well, that's such a great way to start talking about puberty. So there are five stages of puberty. And as I was researching this, it was funny because the first stage of puberty basically is prepubescence, which means nothing happens. There's no visual signs of puberty. Um, so there are secondary sexual characteristics that develop during puberty. And those include things like budding breasts and pubic and underarm hair and widening hips and women oh. stuff like that. Yeah. So, but before those secondary sex characteristics show up, you have what is called adrenarchy. Adren oh, so like androgen? Yes, exactly. Okay. It is. It literally means it occurs between ages six and eight. And it literally means the awakening of the adrenal glands. Which oh, interesting. I know. Isn't that cool? Is that why my daughter's so emotional right now? There, Yeah, it very well could be because okay. there's these hormonal things happening in a very young age. She is so yeah. dramatically yeah. emotional that I feel like I have a teenager. 
I well, you can just blame it on adrenarchy. Okay. There you go. All There's right. a simple explanation Woo. for it, which is kind of disheartening that it happens so mm -hmm. early and lasts so long. Anyway, we'll get yeah. to that. So you have adrenal glands. There's two of them. And they sit on top of your kidneys. You have two kidneys, so you have two adrenal glands. And they secrete different hormones, including androgens, which are sex hormones. And these are the precursors to the development of those secondary sex characteristics we just talked about. So that's really when it starts. That is stage one. So there's no physical signs at this point. It's just internal things happening, occurring developing but we can't see them outwardly exactly okay. unless a condition called precocious puberty occurs uh, yes. so this is development of those secondary sex characteristics before the age of eight oh, okay <clears throat> yeah so there are lots of factors associated with this early puberty it can be called to um and it doesn't mean that there is a, an association but there are these risk factors so childhood obesity can be one um, intrauterine growth restriction, which right, I found birth. Yes. I thought that was so interesting. No way. Yeah. So intrauterine growth restriction is when the baby doesn't grow as expected during pregnancy and just isn't the size that you would expect for that gestation. So that I thought was really well, interesting because I had never heard that before. Yeah. yeah. So that's one. And then there's something really interesting called um, these endocrine disrupting chemicals. And the endocrine system basically is like our chemical messenger system that regulates all of these hormonal processes that happens in the body, um, including growth, development, and of course the onset of puberty. So um, there are chemicals in the environment, like such, like we breathe them in, we drink them, we eat them, um, that can interfere with our body's normal hormonal processes. And so some of these endocrine disrupting chemicals can trick our bodies into thinking they're hormones. They can block abnormal hormone function and then affecting the onset of puberty. Oh. So it's almost kind of like got an epigenetics feel to it. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, there are um, <clears throat> different ways to treat this. You kind of have to sometimes figure out what the underlying cause is, but there's um, medications that can inhibit um you know, the signs and symptoms that are going on. But um, I know that it can be very difficult for young children going through this and their parents. Yeah. Yeah. It can be pretty, I can only imagine yeah. having to deal with that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're just looking at your little tiny kiddo and, you know, developing these kind of adult bodies at an early age. Yeah. Yeah. So precocious puberty. Okay. So we're moving on to stage two. So this um, happens between the age of eight and 12 years old. And you'll see as we move through the stages, there's an overlap in ages because everybody can start at all different right. ages. Yeah. And there was some studies done um, recently that kind of looked back at um, skeletal systems of um, women went through puberty about the same time they do now. So there's kind of like this- Interesting. Yeah, this kind of philosophy that people are starting puberty earlier, but it's not necessarily true okay. when they look back at these um, skeletal remains. Well, I, I started puberty around age nine. Yeah. So pretty. Totally normal, early. actually. But okay. it's within that stage too. I mean, it's within the normal. It's just so early. Well, it is. I remember I was, um, and I started much later than that, but I remember I was in fifth grade and I had a friend and she had started her period in fifth grade and I just thought it was so early. Yeah. And she was like the only one, you know? Yeah. So it can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, is that when you started your period? Yes. Yeah. That's hard. You're just yes. a baby still. And you don't really exactly know what's going on yet because teachers haven't really talked to you about it yet. Yes. And my mom is really open about telling me, or she was about yeah. talk. Well, she still is, but was very open about talking to me about it. I wasn't quite ready for it. Yeah. And I remember I was in the tub. And like this little like swirl of blood came out of me and I was freaking out and I was calling for my mom and then my dad came and I was like, no, I need my mom. And then my brother came and I was like, no, I need mom. And I think I stayed in there for probably 15 minutes and then realized that my mom was probably never coming. But then she did come. She wasn't home. And so then she came in and we had this big talk, but it was so young. And I feel like that development early kind of caused some like teasing that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And so I dealt with a lot of, you know, and things like that. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm -hmm. That can be like effect of that. Oh, it's terrible. Kids are so mean. Kids are very mean. Yeah. Kids can be mean all of the different ways. We can talk more about mean kids too. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, your kids aren't mean. They're sweet. We have sweet sweet kids. kids. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Oh, well, so, but it is within that kind of normal age range. It's not abnormal to start um, puberty at age nine, even though like you're looking at, you know, yours and she's going to be nine, not too far away. I know, away. less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, she just. She's just my little baby. I know. How does yeah. that happen? I hate it. So during this time, um, breasts begin to bud. We talked about that. The areola darkens and enlarge. Mm. Um, you can start to notice small amounts of genital hair, which can be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And, <laughs> and this is when like growth really starts yeah. to happen. So height growth and stuff. And so odors that odors, may start Odors. Hurting. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, the odors. Oh, all the odors. The odors. Yeah. So, yes. um, but people start to grow like to, or girls in general is what we're talking about here Two to two and three quarters inches per year, which is a lot. Yeah. Actually. It's quite, quite the stretch, which then you kind of think, okay, think about this in middle school. My son was talking to me about how all the girls were really tall in middle, middle school and all the boys were short. Yeah. And so I think this might contribute to that because then the boys catch up later, you know? Yeah. I but think I was almost tall. done growing in, by sixth grade or seventh grade, I was like yeah. a quarter shorter than I am now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Because <laughs> most people kind of grow till they're about 16 or so. Right. So that is stage two. And, um, you know, going back to your, I'm glad you had kind of mentioned that your mom had talked about it. Because I think one of the messages that we would probably both like to get out there is like, talk to your kids about this stuff. There are so many stories about that. I've heard just about, you know, girls who like thought they were dying and bleeding to death, you know, because nobody had talked about it. It was such taboo in their homes to not talk about these things that we all go through. We all go through it. It's almost horrifying because you're like, what is happening? This isn't normal. This doesn't, you know, I had somebody tell me that their mom literally said, well, every month you hatch an egg and you bleed and you'll be fine. What? Yes. That was her talk. Yes. And I realized <laughs> I to say to that. I realized that I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. But she literally called, she said it's like a chicken. You you hatch an egg and you bleed a little and then you're good. 
and then you just have like this picture of of sitting on a nester like (laughs) you have all of these images you're horrified yeah yeah right no because that is horrifying especially when you think about a chicken egg (laughs) (laughs) it's like big that's a big egg and where does this egg go and like how do you just end it there and right exactly (laughs) okay Yeah. yeah So talk Absolutely. to your kids, talk to, talk your, to your, yeah, whoever, you know, is in your life. And I feel like from if they're asking the question, they're old enough for an appropriate, age yes. appropriate response. Like yes. If they're asking the question, they want to have answers that are real and not fake. Yes. So you can modify what you say and how much you tell, but it should have an element of truly what happens. Yes. I had somebody recently, a young person, tell me that um, when they had asked their mom, they were, they were. I'm not sure how old he was when he asked, but he had asked his mom how babies came about, and she said she gave him the stork story, and it was middle school in his middle school health class where he learned that that was not true. Oh my god! I know, seriously. I'm just like, okay, let's not do that to our kids. Yeah, because that's really embarrassing, right? To be sitting there learning that and then and then you're like what else is a lie yeah exactly yeah yeah let's just tell them from a a young age appropriate age appropriate information exactly my mom always did that for me like we never had a talk about anything it was just kind of integrated into our lives and conversations as appropriate and i really appreciated that and you don't have to go through the nitty-gritty and the 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 doubt all of the things like corlin knows that there is babies that come there are babies that come vaginally and she knows that there are babies that are cut out of you through your uterus and she hasn't asked further questions like that is enough explanation for her exactly and yeah yeah right she doesn't need to know about how it all went down because she doesn't even care or even have any that's like yeah she'll ask me the question later she will she's more ready for those answers exactly yeah and then you'll be ready to give them to her maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to stage three. So this happens between nine and 14 years old and the breasts continue to grow. Um, and we're going to talk more about breasts later because there's a Thank lot. God. There's about a lot of things breasts. about the breasts. Yes. Um, the hair continues to grow in the genitals and begin to grow under the arms. I remember I had this horrific. I have quite a few horrific puberty <laughs> stories, but I remember I was at um, camp when um, I was in fifth grade, or it was like, I think going into fifth grade. And I had quite a bit of underarm hair at that point. And it was light, but um, definitely noticeable. And we got, we had gone to the swimming pool. And I remember like lifting my arms and there were girls who had seen the hair under my arms and they started teasing me. Rude. I, I know they're so mean. Like, and my mom wouldn't let me shave at that point. Yeah. And so it wasn't until after I had went to her and told her that story, and then she started right. letting me shave. And then honestly, once you're allowed to shave, do you really care about shaving? Not so much. But the first time was, you know, one of those milestones. Yeah. But I was, but I still, I was like nine or something. Yeah. You know, just little. Which is so young to start yeah. having to worry about shaving all exactly. the time. Exactly. Which is why oh. my mom wouldn't let me because right. I was just so little. Yeah. And I was her first. So you don't know what you're doing with your first. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or the third, I guess. <laughs> all right. So um, the hair, talk, continuing about uh, genital hair and underarm hair, it's it becomes um, coarse and dark. And something really interesting, I think, about um, 
hair in general and uh, all over your body is that it like the color of your head hair does not mean that that's going to be the color of all the other hair on your body including oh, your genital hairs fascinating yeah so you produce melanin you know melanocytes you have melanocytes that produce melanin that give pigment to our skin and our hair and we'll talk a little bit more about that but it's different in different parts of our body so it's just really interesting you know be like wonder yeah it's that. a mystery. It is. It's a mystery. It's yeah. a total mystery. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, more about pubic hair. Pubic hair is fascinating. Really? Oh my gosh. Seriously. <laughs> I know because everybody just wants to get rid of it. But why are we getting rid of it? Because it has a purpose. I don't want any of it. I know. I want it to all be gone. I know. I think I thought of you as I was, I, um, as I was researching. I this. don't care <laughs> if people have it. I just don't want it myself. Because yeah. it causes problems for me. Okay. Do you want to elaborate? <laughs> well, I think that it the biggest problem I have is my ingrown hairs. Yeah. And people say, well, you wouldn't get them if you didn't shave in the first place yes. or if you didn't get rid of there. But that's not always the truth. Okay. And so I will get them whether I'm shaving or not shaving. Uh -huh. I'll have cystic acne oh, yeah. that's really painful. Yeah. And it's just worse when yeah. there's hair. And so yeah. I like it gone. Yeah. And when you think about how sensitive that area is, like it's any so kind of like blemishes or, um, you know, injuries, I'm not thinking of the right word now, but yeah, it's really uncomfortable and sensitive. And who wants like cystic pustules on <laughs> your mom's Thanks. pubic? <laughs> Thanks for that. Yes, nobody <laughs> wants a pustule on the mom's <laughs> or else they'll have to come see me exactly. and I can help you get rid of them. Yeah, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. But you don't want to have to do it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with it. Well, I am going to just tell you some of the benefits. You're very delighted in pubic hair. Pubic and I <laughs> am so fascinated that you're happy. I was happy. telling my grown daughter about pubic hair, and it was a good conversation. So, the the um, you know, there's lots of theories about pubic hair, and there's a whole history about pubic hair. I think we should do, like, a whole episode on pubic hair, because it's really, really, there's so much about Really? Pubic. I know, who thought? So, but the primary purpose in my research is that it um, it's a dry lubricant, basically, and it prevents... Um, unnecessary skin friction during sex. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. A dry lubricant. I was like, Oh yeah, that's interesting. That makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And then I was like thinking about how that, yeah. And it just all went together in my brain and it's, yeah, it's all right. So it reduces <laughs> friction during sex exercise and whatever other activities that, yeah, you know, might cause friction. Um, yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. thought that was interesting. I always thought it as a barrier <clears throat> for like infection. Also that's, yeah. that's the second primary. Okay. Um, or the second primary, secondary yeah. uh, reason for it. So it does provide protection from all kinds of infections, bacteria, yeast, STIs, UTIs. And also I found that the hair follicles produce sebum, mm -hmm. which prevents the bacteria from reproducing. I oh, didn't know interesting. That. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah. So anyway, pubic hair. It's not all for the birds. Yeah. Um, oh, also, obviously, since we're talking about puberty, it does signal, you know, it's a sign of sexual maturation. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, anyway, pubic hair. It's really interesting. Because um, it can get kind of crazy. You know. The pubic hair? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, can. it can be a situation. It can be a situation. <laughs> it can be a real situation. <laughs> yeah. It really can. Yeah. But it's only a situation if it's a situation to you. Yeah, right? exactly. So, I love that. No, yeah. I love that. It's only a situation if it's a situation to you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in our line of business, we have seen all kinds of 
vaginas, hundreds and hundreds of vaginas. They all thousands. come in diff- thousands. I would, I would yeah, thousands, to say probably. thousands. And they just come in all different ways and shapes and sizes. And, and we'll just talk more about how different yeah. they all are. Yeah. And so you do your vagina. All right. So growth occurs <laughs> about three inches per year. So you're still continuing to shoot up. And this Wait, is... are we still in pubic hair? No, it I was going to talk to... No, I know because I... Um, Wow, that's a lot of people. <laughs> no, when I was reading my notes and I, I read that. <laughs> no, not necessarily three inches per year, but it did remind me that it actually does grow pretty long. And that's why I said it sure. could be quite a yeah, situation. So, um, but this is when acne starts to develop and those sebaceous glands are just going crazy. Yeah. And um, that can be a real problem. Yeah. Did you have any acne when you were? I think I did. I didn't have as much trouble with that that I can remember not like some of my friends that had really bad problems yeah I had really bad problems and thankfully my mom was very kind and took me to a dermatologist and so but before that it was a couple years it was really bad and I did something terrible and I regret it because I went through and I cut out all my face my face and all the pictures that I had from oh, that no. I, I was looking through a photo album like last year and I was like, I cut out, I remember, and I remember doing it you because I had such bad acne. Oh. And when I was a freshman in high school, um, kids used to tease me. It was terrible. Kids are mean. They're so mean. They're yeah. So mean. This one boy used to say something about like the stars in the galaxy on my face or something. I don't know. I can't remember. He was really mean. But anyway. That is so mean. I know. It really is. Kids Rude. are bad. But thankfully, Retin-A was my friend and yeah. got it under control. My daughter has really bad acne, too. So I think it you know, can certainly have a genetic Being component. Hereditary. Yeah. yeah. So, But anyway, there's lots of good ways to deal with it nowadays. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to stage four. So this occurs between 10 and 14 years old. And um, the breasts continue to grow. And this is when the nipples begin to protrude, which can be an interesting situation as well. Yeah. You know, as you're a young youth. Um, and this is about the time when the body hair reaches adult amounts and consistency. Um, height um, continues to grow around two and three quarters inches per year. Acne continues during this time. Um, and this is generally when menarche occurs. And um, But typically, like, around 12, okay. you know, is kind of, like, the average age. And you're saying menarche is the start of your, your period. menstrual period. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me to tell our audience yeah. what that is, um, the fancy word. So um, this there is a genetic component to this. Do you know when your mom started her period? No idea. Okay, you should ask you her. You know what, actually? No, I, no idea. Yeah, you should ask her because it may be that she started early. She, well, she would have had to start before. I mean, she would have had to start before 14 because she was pregnant at age 15. Yes. Okay. So she had to have been. Have been yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, it'll be interesting. To yeah. Find out. I'll find out. Yeah. So I started when I was um, actually, it was like the springtime, January, February of when I was 12 years old. So you I was remember the month? Yes, I do. And this is why I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> So my mom and my sister, who's two years younger than me, and myself were all born in the summer. We all have, well, actually me and my, all, both my sisters and my mom were all born in the summer within just a couple months of each other. Um, in the calendar year, not like yeah. in real life. <laughs> 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 I don't think you needed to clarify. Okay, very but good. But for those of us anyway, wondering. So, but my mom and my sister, who's two years younger than me, we all started 12 years old in January and February of our eighth grade year. What? Yeah. That's weird. Isn't that crazy? I think it's a coincidence. Yeah. Well, very are well. there 
coincidences in life like that? I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but there is also a genetic component too. Yeah. So um, I thought that was really cool. And I don't, maybe I'll, we can talk more about this in another episode, but I just have to share this story because <laughs> it's really funny. So when I started my period, I was um, living with my dad at the time and he let me stay home from school. My mom came over and she brought me the stuff that I needed or whatever, but it was on a Sunday. I do remember it was on a Sunday. And then um, the next day, my dad just let me stay home from school. I guess he thought it was quite a thing. What or is whatever. the situation? It actually yeah. is. It is. It's a lot. Yeah. And, but I wasn't nine. I was 12. So I was more yeah. prepared for it. I thought. Yeah. But what he did, so he had this younger friend. I think he was like 18 or something. And oh, I had no. like this crush on him kind of, you know, I was 12 and you know, had kind of, he was very cute. He had to be, yeah, anyway. My dad told him <laughs> that that's why I was home from school. And I walk out into the living room and he said something really nice to me. I can't remember what it was, but I have never been so embarrassed in my life. Your dad gave your personal information to your crush? Yeah. Dad, Seriously. what were you thinking? Well, he wasn't, obviously. Obviously. He, well, he was probably just proud. No, he was being, it was, uh, he was, yeah. I mean, he wasn't, I don't think there was anything malicious about it. He wasn't trying to be malicious, but. No, it wasn't. But I don't know if that was as bad as what my mom did for my sister. Oh, no. Which was to take balloons and flowers to school to her. Shut after up. she called her and told her she started at school. That's not true. I cannot make that up. Wow. Yeah. There's actually a whole lot of like celebrating that can happen around your first period. And we'll talk about that more in detail. I have heard that there's actually period parties. There nowadays. are. I want to talk more about that because I kind of show this video to my classes. It's like an ad for period products, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and it's the first moon party like video. Well, yeah, anyway, it's very cool. And then, but I thought it was like a joke. Okay. So then I, when I was researching for this episode, I, there are actual supplies that you can buy for, for these period parties. There are like Pinterest ideas. There are real vagina cakes. There are, anyway. That's wonderful. I just. Actually, I think that having a period party would be fun, but my daughter would be mortified. Yes, exactly. I mean, let's like choose our guests. Very wisely. Properly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just me and her. Exactly. Like, I'll buy her Maybe her cake. best friend or something. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> already started. Yeah, right. I'll buy her a cake. We can yeah. do that together. Yeah. That sounds like a but good But don't party. take her flowers and balloons to school where you no. have to tell people why your mom is bringing you flowers and balloons to school. I've become a woman today. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't. It was hilarious. I yeah. would be so embarrassed. I know. Or maybe I'd like it. I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't remember imagine. my sister's response, honestly, but I just remember like being so glad that I started on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, monarchy. Parents. Time. Yeah. <clears throat> so it can take a little while for, you know, periods to kind of regulate themselves. And so, you know, don't be alarmed when, you know, you right. have your first period and then you don't have one for months. Right. And that's okay. Totally okay. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. And it's also important to know that when you start your period, you don't yet have to go and have an exam. Yes. A lot of people think that you need to start an exam straight away after you start your periods, but that is not the case. Nor is it the case that when you're sexually active, you need an exam. When should you go get your first exam? And what exam are you speaking of? So 21. Okay. Age 21. And I'm talking about a pap smear. Okay. Or any gynecologic exam, unless you're wanting birth control or um, something like that. 
you don't have to have a pap smear to get a birth control either. So it's just important to know. Yeah, I think that's... You don't need that yet. Yeah, that's really good information because I think there's a big mm-hmm. myth of surrounding yes. that, that you need to have these exams early on. And yeah. Not at all. Save yourself the trouble. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. So, and it can take, you know, a couple years for periods to yeah. become regular. Yeah. So yeah, just be mindful of that. And they can, you know, kind of um, vary in flow during a cycle mm-hmm. and stuff like that till, till it kind of regulates. And some people never even have regular periods like ever in their whole lives. Right. So. All right. Okay. So moving on to the last stage of puberty is stage five. And this is an interesting stage because nothing happens. It just ends. Stop <laughs> <Seven>. it. <laughs> Wait. And now you're done. And now you're done. Well, so there's like stages of breast development too. Do you go into okay. I have stages? Not gone into, so no. there's like stage one, two, three, and four of breast development. Okay. And so in our breast episode, yeah. we will talk all about that. Perfect. So we'll go more in depth in that. But can't wait. Um, so probably stage five is like you've started menarche and okay. you've gone through all four stages and you 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 have yeah yeah okay and you most girls reach their peak height like around 16 years old because this stage generally ends around 16 i mean that would be the average age and um breasts will generally have reached adult size but as we're going to talk about in our breast episode they change throughout your entire life (laughs) different stages yeah so um, don't get attached to the breasts you have when you're 16 because they are not going to be the same breasts later on um, <laughs> just saying. Well, I mean, you are attached, but <laughs> physically, emotionally, don't be attached emotionally because don't be attached. they will change. And yeah. if you have the idea that they'll stay the same, you will be really, really sad. Yeah. So, yep. And they, they can continue to grow to age 20. Um, oh, fascinating. Let's see. Oh yeah. Nice. Okay. Oh, this is just a little bit more about pubic hair. Oh they, no. They can reach the, it can reach your thighs. Shut up. Yeah. Stop. I mean, you know, the, just, <laughs> as somebody, no, of course they can. Of course they can. Right. Do you mean growing or like the length of them? The length, of, well, the length of Are them can out like all of it. I mean, it can get pretty long. I mean, it can. And then it also grows out. This just out reminds me of thighs. that. <laughs> it goes, it just There's gets a, wild. What movie is it? Where they're like, it's really bad. I yeah. don't know why no, I'm go ahead. this up. But like, like, they get a chainsaw and it, you see pubic hair. What? <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> oh my god! It's gosh. one of those like um, spoofy. Okay. Um, it's like a I... spoof on a horror oh, film. Oh, yeah. And like no. they take the chainsaw and it's I like, like I need to see pubic it. hair yeah. flying. I don't feel like that's an inaccurate representation of pubic hair yeah yeah my my kind of video recollection of pubic hair is dances with wolves i think did you ever see that because there was all i remember from the entire movie is like they're out in this like wilderness flowing like um hills and stuff and there's this woman naked dancing and she has lots of pubic hair yeah well i think that it can i think that it can be interesting pubic hair yeah it's 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 so so different oh my gosh it can be curly it can be not so curly. Right. It can be all different Full, textures. Sparse, not sparse, yeah. curly, not curly. Seriously. It's just, you're right. Pubic hair is fascinating. It is fascinating. I can't wait to learn more about pubic hair. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you're excited. You can do that episode. Okay. And I'll just be like, wow. That's a lot. Yeah, pubic hair is awesome. 
So there is, I'm just talking a little bit about delayed puberty. So, you know, we talked about kind of average, we talked about precocious puberty, but puberty can be delayed too. And sometimes it can be um, genetic. Like my, I do have some delayed puberty in my family. I have my, one of my sisters and my grandmother and my cousin, they didn't start their periods until they were 16. And so I remember my mom taking my um, sister to the doctor and he was like, don't worry about it. You know, it's going to be fine. And then she probably started the next month or something like that. So I may have told that story totally wrong, but something like that happened. Anyway, she did start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it can run in families. um, And so this is when signs of sexual maturity don't appear until age 12 or after. Okay. So when really it should start happening, you right. know, between small eight and 12. Yeah. Things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and it can be due to underlying causes, um, like a lack of <clears throat> like hormone secretion. Um, oftentimes when the underlying cause is treated, puberty will just n- normally occur. Um, or sometimes hormones need to be administered sure. to initiate, initiate puberty, but you're, provider can help you with that. And also stress and um, uh, excess exercise can cause yeah. delay in puberty as well. I think a lot of gymnasts don't start yeah. on time because yeah. they're really yeah. working out very mm-hmm. religiously. Yeah, exactly. So that is going to end my part on puberty. Interesting. I know. I learned more than I thought I would. Oh, good. In regards to puberty. I'm so glad because I learned more than I, I just thought I knew stuff, you know? I and then when love, you start really digging in, it's yeah. like there's so much out there. I love that we're doing this Me because this the things great. that our mamas didn't tell us. Exactly. Right? The things our mamas didn't tell us. But because their mamas didn't tell them. Yeah. And how did you so know? So we can be the change. Like, oh, exactly. We can be the change. Right? Yeah. Let's cool. Do it. Well, okay. So we're going to move on to my topic. Okay. Does that sound good? Yep. And so... Um, another stage in life that is a big milestone, if you will, is becoming sexually active. Yes, it is. With that goes all of the questions, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is happening and when do you do this? And I think it's different for every person. I think one, we should be prepared and we should prepare our children for becoming sexually active, um, making sure that they know what happens, what the aftermath of said deeds are, are going to, what it implies. And so the message I give my son is it needs to be two consenting adults. Adults. Adults, I love it. Adults. Two consenting adults um, that use protection, not only from pregnancy, but also from STDs. And if you don't, the outcome could very well be pregnancy and childbirth and a situation Mm -hmm. that you might not have been prepared for. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that cracks me up is that my son says, I'm not ready. I am not ready to be a dad. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Yeah. Right. You know, so I think just having those conversations and hey, this is, this could be life. Yeah. So one of the things that I think a lot of people worry about is, oh my goodness, after I have intercourse, will I look different or will I feel different? You might feel different um, physically. Like if you had an interesting experience, you might become more sexually aroused in certain situations. And so when you have sexual 
arousal, you're going to have increased oxytocin release. And so you might have increased moisture without even realizing that this is a thing that's happening. And it could, it could just be looking across the room and you're like, Oh my goodness, what is is that? (laughs) Um, And so there's no, it's important to know that there's no physical outward signs. Like nobody's going to look at you on the street and be like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. she's having sex, you know? So it's important to know that. So there's no physical changes that happen. But one of the biggest things that people worry about is the hymen. Mm. And so I actually dove deep. I did a deep dive into the hymen and I'm super excited. Me too. So the hymenal ring or the hymen is um, something that is developed after it's actually developed in utero which is very fascinating. So um, the hymen is an elastic layer of skin that goes around the vaginal opening and it can present in many ways. So it can be just on the bottom of the vagina. It can be all the way around the vagina. um, And we'll talk into different parts of it. Um, But what happens is there's a tube in utero that's solid that will soon become the vagina. Mm. And so as this tube that's being developed in utero um, starts emptying, that the rem- the remnants that stay that don't dissolve go oh. to the bottom of this tube and become the hymenal ring. Really? Which is really fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like the solid, solid structure and then it changes and wow. becomes the hymenal ring. Interesting. Yeah. So um, it's... Um, it really has no function or purpose that we're aware of. It's just leftovers. It's just left- leftover parts. <laughs> okay. And we all we we all have it or we some of us might not have it, right? So yeah. I didn't realize that not everyone has one. Okay. And so you could or couldn't. Maybe you just didn't have any leftovers. Right. You didn't eat your body, did a good job and got rid of it all. And um some have a lot of hymen left and some have very little hymen left. So um let's talk about abnormal hymens first because they're very different. So an imperfect hymen is where there's a thin membrane layer over the vaginal opening. So the vaginal introitus, really? and it's super thin and you can't penetrate it. So you can't penetrate it with a tampon or you can't penetrate it with, you know, during intercourse. So what happens? So, I'm <laughs> It's, so what hap- what needs to happen in those cases is that you would have like a small um, surgical procedure or okay. hymenectomy okay. that um, is simple generally, mm-hmm. um, and it just opens the area so that those types of things don't happen. One of the biggest things that can happen if you have an imperfect hymen is that when you start menses, that was my question. Yeah, there's no place for what the, happens. Yeah, there's no place for the blood to go, and so um, you need to go in and maybe make a small little um, cut there so that your flow can actually go. So are, how do you know that this has happened or how, yeah. How do you know that you have this? How do you know that right. you've started your period and it's just all right. Left? So generally if you're experimental, you're going to notice. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes we touch ourselves as young girls and we might not be able to find the hole that we're everybody's talking about. Right. Or um, sometimes you go to have intercourse for the first time and it's really painful and 
Um, generally, it's not that. Generally, it's when you're like, oh, I think I'm starting my period, but I can't get a tampon oh, in. Oh, okay. So you may have the cramping and the pain, but there's, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Are there, what happens if it's mm-hmm. not um, a, or like, you know, you start your menses and then there's no it's, way for it to go. No way, nowhere for it to go, but you don't necessarily realize that happens. Does your body just like kind of get rid of? The, I would imagine it. Re- I don't know. Okay. I actually didn't. I should have looked that up, and I no, don't know. I'm just curious. Where does it go? Where does it go? How do you know? Your body does do a good job of ridding itself of things that it things, doesn't need. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of times your first bleed isn't super heavy. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, I. I'm not sure. Interesting. The complete imperfect is really Pretty rare. rare. Yeah. It's like one in 10,000. Oh, wow. I, I didn't even know. Oh, it was one in a thousand to one in 10,000. So okay. it's super uncommon. But there's a micro perforate hymen. Okay. So this is the one I think is a little bit more common. Um, and you really notice it when you start bleeding, but you can't put a tampon in. Um, so you'll have a flow, but your flow will be a long time because it takes a mm. long time to drain out of mm-hmm. this small little hole. And so there's there's this small thin membrane that goes over the vaginal entritis or the opening and it just um, slowly drains out okay. of there. Biggest thing is the tampon, I think, mm-hmm. because a lot of girls want to wear a tampon mm-hmm. because yeah. while it's, I think it's still the cool thing to do, uh, which by the way, the pads, did yeah. you ever see? I just saw on TikTok. I know this is really funny, but um, you wear a pad forward and then the next one sideways. I don't understand. So you know how you would put one vertically, like yes, um, on your line your underwear. Line your other okay. underwear. You put the second one where your bum goes. Oh. And so it creates like a pad fortress and yeah. your undies so that oh. you don't have spills because yeah. you know it kind of goes out yeah. the back and then you have leaks no seriously it's annoying. two pads yeah for okay, our young pads. babies because you can okay. imagine at nine years old i'm not yeah. putting a tampon in right? oh no way yeah no way so but i had lots of bed yeah. accidents and things like that yeah with blood everywhere and yeah. it's embarrassing it right is. so yeah. a forward vertical like yeah pad and then a horizontal one okay. at the buttock yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. And it kind of makes it tea. It's like a tea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I understand. Cool. Yeah. So um, then there's things called a septate hymen where it's just like um, like a string that yeah. goes across vertically or maybe even horizontally. Okay. I took that backwards with yeah. my hands. Um, but those often need to be just snipped as well. Like okay. a small little, it's generally an office procedure and there's not a lot of nerve endings in the hymen. Oh, very good. So it generally doesn't cause too much bleeding mm-hmm. or too much um, pain either. Okay. Yeah. Um, Can those um, generally be um, perforated through intercourse? So you can. So that's one of the things that might cause a little bit of pain during okay. intercourse. Or if you have um, a hymen that's a little bit more prominent, even if it's a crescent okay. shape at the bottom of the introitus, that might cause a little bit of discomfort okay. during intercourse. And it just, but it's got such elasticity that everybody's different. So yeah. you might not feel it at all. Right. And so one of the biggest myths is when you lose your virginity, right. you bleed. Well, not always. Right. I didn't. <clears throat> right. But then let me tell you, like Please six do. months later, I was having intercourse and there was this huge pool of blood, oh, dear. but no pain associated. But it oh. was like enough to freak me and my partner out. Okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, like no pain, but like interesting, huge amount of blood on the bed. And he's like, what is wrong with you? Are you dying? <laughs> 
I was like, I don't know. And I ran to the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. So I must have, like, probably the position we yeah. were in or whatever mm-hmm. might have just, we call it ruptured. Right. Or broke it a little bit. And yeah. so it bled. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's really important that if you are not feeling a problem, that nothing has to happen with your hymen. Okay. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. So if it's not bothering you and you can put a tampon in, it's not causing pain, it's fine. <laughs> okay, because well, they can look funny, right? So yeah. some people have what what are called carnicles. So they're like yeah, no, I don't please do so tell. they're like these little nodules that will okay. kind of stick out. Okay. A lot of people get I them confused. I didn't know that's what they were called. Yeah. So um, a lot of people will get them confused with like rugae of the vagina, but okay. it's just like little nodules. Little extra tissue. On, yeah. Okay. Right. So it's not always this thin layer. Okay. Yeah. So some of them look like skin tags, the little carnivals. And, yeah. and people might come into the office and say, what is this lump? Right. It's normal. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the times that the hymen changes during puberty – um, around two to three years of age. I'll tell, I'll tell you about oh. that. Um, pregnancy during childbirth and then again at menopause. Oh yeah. So it's just there. It's just there. There's no purpose that we know of. So it doesn't like necessarily just go away. Right. Like when it's per- perforated, it, it's still there. It just, you just it's have just access to the vagina. It's just, right. pers- I had no idea. Yeah. I thought it just magically disappeared. No. Okay. It stays there forever. Wow. Yeah. So I was talking earlier about ruptured. So this is when it breaks or you surgically um, do what's called a hymenectomy where you're just opening the area. Um, It doesn't always cause pain and it doesn't always cause bleeding. So um, that's important to remember. So sometimes it's happening and we don't even know it. Wow. It's really interesting. It is. Um, When you put a tampon in for the first time, you can cause this rupture and have no idea. Mm -hmm. Or when you have intercourse. Or like if you fall on your bike handle, some girls have bleeding from that. And that's because of it, like a trauma to the region. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so intercourse can cause it, but not always. So it's important to remember that. Um, There is an interesting thing that happens that I had no idea. So when you're born... As a newborn girl, mm-hmm. you have a thick hymenal ring. Really? It's super thick. And it spontaneously ruptures generally in the first few days. So a lot of times you don't know. Would it cause vaginal bleeding in a newborn? Not always. Because remember, there's not a whole lot of blood flow there. And right. there's generally not a lot of nerve ending. So it's not causing pain. So it's just something that occurs. And it just happens? And over time, it thins out. And it decreases in thickness. So it's super thick when you're a newborn. And then um, over the age, so two to four sometimes is how long it takes for it to thin out and become kind of more elastic. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Another time that it changes is during during pregnancy. So in pregnancy, it becomes thicker again. Um, Hormonal changes um, is what they think causes maybe potentially. Um, But it can even change shape. So things might feel different, but it shouldn't cause pain or bleeding generally. Um, And then during birth, it's fascinating because, and this is what I see most with hymenal rings, is that it gets super taut generally. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when um, it's usually when you're fully dilated, 
um, and pushing mm -hmm. in childbirth that it gets really, really tight. And um, a lot of times people will snip it or mm -hmm. maybe um, like I personally don't love snipping them, mm -hmm. but um, I will massage the area yeah. and it will release. So that's the hymenal uh, ring. The, yes. I had no idea. Yeah. I guess that's what that was after yeah. all these years. And so sometimes what happens is it will, <clears throat> most of the time, it stretches and it becomes really, really yeah. smooth and it allows for baby to pass. But sometimes it's just stubborn and mm -hmm. it just stays there. So a massage or even just snipping that itself mm -hmm. will make room yeah. for baby and not necessarily an episiotomy. Right. Yeah. And people used to do episiotomies because of that, because mm -hmm. it was just so tight. Mm -hmm. But now, like, you don't even have to repair them. Yeah. There are some physicians that will repair that layer, but you it can literally is such a tiny little snip, right. too. It's like yeah. super tiny. And so really important to know that after babies are born, that you can have on your own personal self, then carnacles appear. Ah, okay. Or well, there skin you go. tags. So things are or, changing. Yeah. Or if you had skin tags before, um, they could be gone and smooth, mm -hmm. or you might not notice them. They might protrude now out of mm -hmm. the vaginal mm -hmm. introitus and not be tucked in like mm -hmm. they were previously. So all of these changes can be very normal. Yeah, so that is one part of your body that changes wow. so dramatically. That is um, fascinating. Throughout yeah. your entire lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, y'all. We need you, our wonderful and fabulous listeners. If you would like to submit your birth adventure, your vagina mishap story, or the what the fuzz just happened to me story, go to www.theaos411.com. You'll be able to select the type of story you'd like to submit right there. Remember, these stories can be anonymous. So if it's a great story, but you want, don't want to share your name, that's all right. So you just let us know. Ask us any burning questions you may have. Also, hit us up on Instagram at theaos411 or Facebook at The Aftermath of Sex. We also have Twitter at The Aftermath Sex. But we really don't know how to use that. So you can go ahead and hit us up there and maybe we'll figure it out eventually. But right now, it's pretty bleak. Don't forget to support us by hitting like and subscribe and share us with all your friends because likely they're just as cool as you. We hope you feel enlightened today. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye together. Sorry. Forgot. Okay. Yeah, oh. that's great. Well, we weren't Hold recording. on. I haven't stopped. No, it's recording. Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. We hope you feel enlightened today. Bye. Bye. How did that sound? It's so